Hey everyone, you're here with Casey and Chloe, and you're listening to The Zoo Report. We're here to discuss all things UMass, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you have stories you want shared, message us on Instagram at TheZooReport underscore, or on Twitter at Report underscore Zoo, and we'll dish it out anonymously. For our cloudiest couples review, we're back. Um, so last week we picked a new set of couples that were definitely on the same page for the most part. Um, for number one, we've got Leslie and Ben over Chris and Anne. They're both fantastic, but there's a clear one. I did there. give up Roblo for that, but I'm happy about it. It was just more about the relationship than the individual at that point, and I feel like we knew Leslie and Ben were the winner. And then number two, we had Chuck and Blair over Nate and Serena. Chuck and Blair were endgame. Nate and Serena were just a phase, so that makes sense, too. Despite Nate being so cute with Serena. Um, and then third, we had Meghan Markle and Prince Harry over Kate Middleton and Prince William. Obviously, I mean, Prince William, I just found out, is a cheater. So <laughs> not fantastic in terms of that. And Prince Harry left the royal family for her. So what's more romantic than that? Exactly. And then last, we had Joe and Beck over Joe and Love. Joe and Love are two sociopaths. And Joe and Beck were cute until he murdered her. So it was a real yeah. hard thing. Started off with good intentions. Started off with good intentions. Sorry we killed you. But <laughs> anyways... So after we discussed, we rated the couples from clout to least clout. And the results were as followed. Chuck and Blair. King and Queen. Megan and Harry. Leslie and Ben. And Joe and Beck. They have to be bottom because he killed her. Yeah. So like always, we took to Instagram to see what you guys thought. And as suspected, we said this last week, your results were more similar to ours than we've ever seen before. So just like us, you guys chose Ben and Leslie over Chris and Anne. Chuck and Blair over Serena and Nate. I would have been pissed if that wasn't the case, but whatever. Megan and Harry over Kate and William and Joe and Beck over Joe and Love, as you should. In the beginning, Joe and Love were winning, and I was very concerned for our listeners. You can't have two sociopaths no. relationships. Um, so you guys agreed on all of them with us. However, you did take a different route as far as rating them goes. This actually shocked me a little bit. So you guys put Megan and Harry first with 21 votes. Then Chuck and Blair with 15 votes. Then Ben and Leslie with 12 votes. And Beck and Joe bottom, which I'm happy you guys did that. And I know the only real difference was Megan and Harry above Chuck and Blair, but I have two things I want to point out. First, I guess I can understand why Megan and Harry would be first because I think more people know who they are than Chuck and Blair. So I can understand that. However... Chuck and Blair had 15 votes and Ben and Leslie had 12. I did not expect them to be that neck and neck with each other. I'm I'm like Beck and Joe, I'm pretty sure had like seven total votes. But like, I don't know. I feel like 12 and 15, like not that I don't love Ben and Leslie, but Chuck and Blair are iconic. They're problematic in some ways, though, in ways that Ben and Leslie aren't, you know? That's true. I guess Ben and Leslie are more like. He did give her up to his uncle to have sex with to save his company, which Ben would never do. Man. Ben would never do it. No, Ben would never. You're right. All right. Well, let's uh, get into our upcoming events. So first up, we have our post-election community support for international students. It's on November 9th, and staff from the Center for Counseling and Psychological Health and International Programs Office will be holding a free Zoom event from 3 to 4 p.m. This event will focus on any and all post-election feelings, including anxiety, depression, or simply overwhelming complex thoughts swarming the brain. Um, they do ask you to register ahead of time, so the link for the registration will be in the episode description below. It's definitely like a tough time for everyone, so I think that if you're feeling any sort of way towards this, if the results don't go how you want or just the, mo- the mounting pressure of it, anything like that, 
I think We've it could be good. We definitely had our fair share of anxiety this week. I yeah, would say, yeah, definitely. I think everybody Tuesday has. was a bit rough for us. Um, so following kind of the same vibe there, we have Pandemic Pressure, A Woman's Guide. So on November 10th, UMass Boston Psychology and Brain Sciences Professor Suzanne Krauss-Whitmore um, will moderate a virtual event providing helpful insight for women among amid COVID-19, including ways to realign priorities, maintain mindfulness, protect and empower yourself in the workplace, and balance a work and home life. Panelists include DeSalt Systems Deputy General Counsel Michelle Kim Cohen, Amherst Regional High School's Dean of Students Mary Custard, and Engage the Room's founder and facilitator Stacy Shipman. So the event will be hosted in partnership with women of UMass Amherst, and all registration details and website info will be linked in our episode description below as usual. Definitely check this out. I know as women, the pandemic can be a little bit tougher for us because I do feel like moms are expected to take over the household it's and that's like you're pretty freaking have hard your job at home and make sure your kids are at zoom class yeah, at working home from home doesn't mean you can watch your kids and help them through zoom you have responsibilities yeah to be doing. it's my dad works from home and he hates me when i'm home because i try to talk to him he's like <laughs> get away from me yeah we did bother him a lot in his last conference yeah call. <laughs> we had lunch with him during an interview like a conference call and we were just like what are you guys talking about yeah <laughs> Um, for next up on November 11th is Singles Day. Um, shout out to Casey and I. We will be participating. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whether we meant to or not, that did happen. Um, the UMass TSCA will be hosting a celebration for Taiwanese and Chinese Single Day. Feel free to celebrate with them from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. via Zoom. And as always, the details will be listed below. I wonder if they're going to try to like pair you up. Like, happy Singles Day. Let's find you another single like to mingle. Dating? Yeah. Or like, happy Singles Day. Love yourself. Like, for those of vibe. you that watch Letter Kenny, I am picturing it a lot like the Valentine's Day speed dating event that went on at the church. Um, it's either like submit a form and we'll try to find you a single that you can mingle with that's like very much in your same like form bracket, or it's like, oh my God, being single is the greatest. Let's celebrate it in that sense. Not really sure what the vibe is, but feel free to check it out. Yeah. And then we are missing one event. Oh, so, we are. On November 12th, the day after. It is a national holiday. A national the government doesn't want you to know. The people don't <laughs> want you to know. But we are going to tell you. It is dun, my dun. 22nd birthday, Woo! which is horrifying. Less exciting than 21, but there you still get the song. I'm way too young um, to be 22 <laughs> at heart. But I do want to sing Taylor Swift's song and feel like it really applies to me personally because most of her relationship songs don't. So I want to be able to like, truly <laughs> relate to one of them. I think this is your time to shine. Thanks. So yeah, Chloe's birthday. Everybody say happy birthday to her or else. You can also follow me. <laughs> That's it. Or, Venmo birthday, or Venmo me. You can Venmo me by association too if you want. And she'll send it to me. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So. Today, we don't have a guest, sad face, but it is for good reason. We are going to dedicate our main topic to the election. And I know, I know it's definitely over-discussed at this point, but it's important, especially now more than ever. Um, so basically, I wish I had results to tell you, but we are still waiting. Um, we might be waiting until like Friday yeah. or something. I also want to put that out that we are recording Wednesday, November 4th. So this is day after. So when this airs on Friday, I'm sure some of this information will be different. 
However, to keep up with you, we will be doing a live Instagram updates on Friday as soon as the episode airs with all information changes that happened. I also feel like it's good, even though this episode is coming out Friday and recording it Wednesday, that this information is kind of like a time capsule of the event. So right. this information that we have now represents what we know the day after the election. And we can, and we see can how that's compare that Friday. to Friday. So if you're listening to this on Friday or any day afterwards, this is the what was happening about 24 hours after the election, which is important to know. So we're just going to clear up some points of confusion to start off with. Trump is not the winner yet. The reason we have to clarify that is <laughs> that so he has declared himself the winner. But this is not true. He's only saying this because he claims all votes coming in after Election Day shouldn't count. This is a fallacy as mail-in ballots are valid as long as they are postmarked prior to November 3rd. In yeah. my unbiased opinion and the opinion of the New York Times article I read today, this might be his largest assault on democracy yet, trying to literally corrupt the election when right. it is a pivotal... The thing is, is I do think a lot of this has to do with him being corrupt, but I also think it, some of it probably has to do with him just being legitimately stupid because I don't think... I think in theory, he thinks he's right in the aspect that, like, yes, if you voted today, it would not count in the election. But I don't think that his brain is capable of conceptualizing the fact that mail-in ballots that arrive today or Thursday or Friday are still valid so long as they were postmarked prior to November 3rd because that would mean the person physically voted beforehand. And I don't think his little brain, in my unbiased opinion, is conceptualizing that aspect i think um, he's nervous about losing due to yeah. mail-in ballots so he's a raging narcissist in my unbiased opinion of course <laughs> um and can't handle the thought that he may lose and so he will do anything and throw any tantrum he needs to try to get you on know board what's funny, though i don't think he wants to win again i think that he just doesn't want to be a one-term president like i think it's an ego thing for him because i genuinely sometimes feel like he hates being president but the only reason he wants to be so bad is to say like i'm donald trump i was a businessman the people effing loved me and i was two-termer you know also no one wants to be a one term is this like almost at the same state it was in the great depression yeah so everyone is trying to say that he's several times good be for the economy 22. really really <laughs> in my unbiased opinion really <laughs> in my unbiased opinion okay so Let's move on. Um, we could talk about that genuinely all day. But first, now that we've, you know, let you know that there is no declared winner yet, um, despite anything you read, I know that we are not political geniuses, but please, please, please do not just believe everything you see. Investigate all of it. We did hefty research making this Check episode. Check multiple news sources. Yeah. Verify information that you think maybe seems wrong. Like yeah. the president declaring himself winner before all votes were casted. <laughs> uh, That's a red flag. That might be a red flag to some people. All right. So first, as of 1 p.m. on Wednesday, or no, as of 3 p.m. on Wednesday, here's the latest. So Georgia, there are 250,000 ballots left to count. The majority of them being in Democratic counties, Fulton and DeKalb. I think it's DeKalb. Not totally sure. We apologize to DeKalb if it isn't that way. Yeah. We did try to clarify how to pronounce it, and this was the best we had. Um, next, we have Michigan. Michigan is a huge swing state right now. Um, it recently switched to favor Joe Biden overnight, but it has still not secured a winner. 
the Democratic counties, sorry, the Democratic jurisdictions, including Detroit, were still being counted recently. So those are the ones that we think might Michigan is favor key. Joe Biden overall and push Michigan into Michigan his pocket. surprised me, honestly, because you have a friend that went that goes to U Michigan and she has some crazy Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. She Go has green. some crazy stories about people being racist and sexist and homophobic Definitely. and like just diehard Trump lovers. Um all right, moving on to Nevada. So counting of remaining ballots are underway and the updated vote totals won't be released until Thursday Eastern time. So when this airs, we should have an answer. But as of right now, which is 24 hours after the election, we have no answer on Nevada. Um, and right now it is in favor of Biden, but by 49.2% and Trump is falling with 48.6%. So that is a that one is really up in the air right now. So next up, we have North Carolina. It is also one of the fundamental swing states right now. Most of the remaining ballots in are for their biggest counties, including um, Wake and Mecklenburg. But they have until November 12th, national holiday, to (laughs) arrive to be counted. So as long as they are postmarked by November 3rd, they'll be counted, as you should in a democracy. Um, But it may be a while before we know North Carolina's vote for sure. And right now, Trump is leading at 50.1%. But Joe Biden is following sort of closely behind at 48.7%. I, yeah, I suspect Trump will take the the W on North Carolina. But let's get into Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania still has more than 1.4 million ballots that are still left to be counted as of 10 a.m. today, Wednesday. Just sort of reiterate that. It remains a crucial battleground state for both sides. Um, As of right now, it's favoring the Trump campaign. But they're still counting ballots in large influential counties, including Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, who are largely Democratic. So it could change. Biden could switch that. Trump has a good lead right now, but anything could change right now. Um, So now we're going to get into there might be some repeat states that we've already talked about, but we're going to get into some key states that are in breaking news right now in terms of the election. So first off, we have Wisconsin. So. Wisconsin's Elections Commission Administrator, <laughs> Megan Wolf, told reporters. It's a fun way to say it. That's a hefty title. <laughs> Wisconsin's Elections Commission Administrator, <laughs> Megan Wolf, told reporters on Wednesday, which is when we're recording, that all but one of Wisconsin's municipal clerks have reported unofficial tallies of all in person and absentee ballot votes. So. The only remaining town was one that contained fewer than 400 votes. And Biden was declared the winner with 10 electoral votes there, which is huge. Um, Wisconsin's deadlines for all ballots was by 8 p.m. on Election Day. Therefore, they had a speedier count than other states that had later deadlines. Um, And of course, in true fashion, Trump has already requested a recount. I have a feeling despite the recount, it'll still stay in Biden's favor just because your chances of committing mail-in fraud it's a difference are between so i will say though biden won at a difference between a little over thirty thousand votes a little over no yeah a little over twenty thousand votes okay so not a huge margin yeah. of difference yeah so i just freaking accept it dude all right anyways <laughs> let's get on to maine maine is an electoral vote up there is one electoral vote up for grabs in Maine. Biden is projected to win three of the electoral votes. However, another is up for grabs right now, and the race for a U.S. Senate seat is too close to call. Um, 
Yeah, Biden. Biden. Breaking news. Bum, 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 bum. Biden actually just. We literally got this update five seconds ago. Biden officially won Maine. Um, so what we were gonna say is that Edison research suggests that Biden was suspected to win the two electoral votes that were awarded statewide, as well as another from the first congressional district in the southern part of the state. The only reason that Maine was up as a battleground state was that typically in Maine, the more rural northern districts remain very Republican, and the southern city-like districts like Portland, they remain very liberal. Um, So that northern district electoral vote was still up for grabs, but Biden copped the win on that one. Also, as of right now, Susan Collins of the Republican Party has beat out Sarah Gidden for the Senate seat in Maine, which um, kind of sucks. Stinks for <laughs> the Democratic Party who is trying to win a majority in the Senate right now. That was Maine was a pretty crucial one yeah. for them as well. All right. So some more info about Pennsylvania. So we discussed briefly, but Governor Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania promised that every vote would count as it has since 1787, but he said that patience is needed to count all the votes coming in. I think Pennsylvania has like a crap ton amount of votes coming in right now, Um, but his comments came after Pennsylvania Republicans filed a suit to block the counting of certain ballots um, while Trump declared himself the victor, claiming any mail-in vote that came after Election Day doesn't count. Again, this is false, and this is why it is so important for you to check everything you read, because there is a huge group large enough to file a lawsuit for the state of Pennsylvania that just blindly followed Trump and believed that he won. And now Pennsylvania is, you know, in amid trying to get all these votes counted, dealing with these Republicans that are trying to file a lawsuit. Um, but so far, 80% of the votes have been counted, and Trump has the lead, I... Trump has is winning by 52.7%. Biden's at 46.2%. But they haven't um, collected all the votes from urban centers like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, which are heavily Democratic. So this could change. And I suspect that if this changes, Trump is going to request a recount in Pennsylvania as well. So in Ohio, um, Trump is projected to win Ohio. Uh, I just wrote an article about he this. He actually, actually just won Ohio. He, okay, so he just won Ohio. I just wrote an article about this actually where suburban women were trying to change the vote from Trump to Biden and they were trying so hard. So my heart goes out to them. Um, but there's spent, a reason why Ohio went Trump. And But in 2016, he won by eight points and expanded upon that margin with white voters. And in a CBS exit news polled Ohio residents believe that Trump would do a better job handling COVID than Biden, which I don't understand considering he has been handling it and this is where we're at, but unbiased opinion, Biden would do a better job. Unbiased. Okay, so Florida. <laughs> Gotta love Florida. Um, So yeah, Trump won Florida. I think we knew that that was going to happen. I mean, I feel like, no offense to anybody from Florida, out of all the people to blindly believe him, it would be close to that region of the world. Um, There's a lot of old Tiger people. King. Think about Tiger King. They birthed Tiger King. I feel like Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic love Trump. I just... I'd argue that Carol Baskin voted for Biden. I would not. Anyways, he won Florida. So Biden did win in densely populated areas of Miami-Dade, Broward, Fort Lauderdale, Seminole, Osceola. That was definitely hacked. Hillsborough, Duval, Leon, and Gadsden, but I guess it wasn't enough to pull a win over the rest of the state. A lot of the rural areas that went red, 
And with 29 electoral votes, Florida arguably had the most electoral votes to offer of the swing states. So I'm going to say it's a tough L that by I mean that Trump won Florida. But I will also say it was expected. I was going to just going to say I feel like that was an expected. Biden put his time in, but Trump has been going to Florida. Florida has been predominantly red in the past few years. Yeah, it's barely a swing anymore. So for Michigan and Nevada, Biden has the lead right now, but votes are still flooding in. Um, So those are both also up for grabs as of right now. So right now, Michigan is really close. It's at 49.6% Biden, 48.9% Donald Trump. I think we already gave that um, stat. But Nevada, we gave Nevada stat too. I'm just going to repeat it. It's 49.2% Biden and 48.6% Trump. So you can see in these two states, it is neck and neck. It's a difference of like less than 8,000 votes. Um, Michigan, there's a bit more of a gap, but still. I mean, and Alaska is... So technically, Alaska is not declared a winner yet, but it's 63% Trump and 32% Biden. But Hawaii went Biden. Knew that. Come on, Alaska. So just a quick recap of what we have right now. I am going to just list. I think it would be helpful to say which states went like where. So like all of New England, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Delaware, Virginia. They all went Biden as well as Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, California, Oregon, and Washington. So... And then basically swing states um, leading in Biden right now are Nevada and Michigan. Swing states leading in Trump right now are Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia. Um, And other than that, every other state voted Trump. All I'm saying is we give back the Louisiana purchase. We see where we go from there. (laughs) All right. So, Chloe, why don't you tell us what's going on with um, specifically Biden right now? We've been talking a lot about Trump. So what's up with Biden? Biden's senior advisor, Anita Dunn, says that she is confident that the campaign will receive 270 electoral votes. And once they do, the Biden campaign will declare victory regardless of whether news outlets have called those races. My guess is the reason news outlets will have maybe perhaps waited to call those races is because Trump is going to demand a recount in many of those swing states that Biden may end up winning. As of right now, Biden holds 248 electoral votes while Trump has 214, but a couple of swing states are in his favor right now. Yeah, also, um, I think as Clay and I are journalists, as anybody listening that's journalist knows, election time is really difficult, especially with Trump. Um, and we saw this when Bush won um, and he demanded a recount in Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard when, you know, you get these candidates asking for recounts because you know what the winner will 99.9% be, but you can't report on that until you get that recount until you get that you know solid answer that you can prove um and that's gonna cause i think if biden's campaign declares a win before the news organizations put it out trump supporters are gonna have a field day just like the liberals are right now with trump declaring victory it's gonna it's gonna be the same thing just on the other side definitely um so let's just quickly discuss um these results that we're telling you guys so what does this mean for our country we are divided now more than we've literally ever been. Um, yeah, no matter who wins, one side of the country is going to protest or riot. Who's at the most risk? Obviously, if President Trump wins again, minorities will remain at risk. This includes women, people of colors, members of the LGBTQ community, and 
basically people who have a predisposition or precondition to COVID, I think. Too. Yeah. Um, regardless of who wins, a huge amount of work will be need to be done in regards of systematic oppression and getting a democratic president isn't going to change the years of ingrained racism, sexism, and homophobia this country has. And I think that we've taken strides recently, but... I guess the Biden's not going to save us. It's just a stepping stone. He is a better stepping stone, but yeah. there's a lot of work to be done. So if Biden or Trump wins, people in large cities will also be at risk from riots and protests that could potentially break out once a winner is declared. Um, typical Washington, D.C. is suspected to see the worst of things. But for anyone living in riot prone areas, this includes major or smaller cities anywhere from Boston to Brockton. Um, please be careful and protect yourself from the police and consequential destruction. Don't just think that you can walk in one of these riots or be around one of these riots and have nothing happen to you. Number one, when it gets, you know, most of you have probably seen the videos, when they get super destructive, the police literally just arrest whoever's in front of them. It doesn't matter if you're not doing anything, especially if you're anything but white you are going to be way more at high risk to be arrested by the police even if you're just standing there and you don't want to get caught in crossfires of people who are destroying things um you know people that are a huge swarm of crowd that's that's running or that's lighting something on fire you just want to keep yourself safe i definitely think that you know go to a protest if you feel inclined to if you you know, think that you need to use your voice 100% do that. We are big advocators for going to a protest. Just be safe. Be aware. Yeah. Um, and New York City, Los Angeles, and D.C. are just a few of the many cities that have already begun um, boarding up with anticipation for civilian unrest, which is just so sad that, like, we are living in a time where no matter what the outcome is, there's going to be civilian unrest. And it makes me sad because if if Biden wins, the civilian unrest is going to be republicans that are like we wanted trump f the liberal agenda you guys are babies like it's gonna be like we want our guns and we don't want you to do abortion and all this stuff but if trump wins the protests are gonna be about like race and sexism and homophobia and these like deeper things that have affected people for so many years and that just by trump being voted is just a slap in the face to all the strides that we've been trying to make and i just the difference in why people are rioting depending on the winner just i feel like should be a clear enough reason as to why we need to get trump out of office but definitely that's my unbiased opinion unbiased of course so now we want to focus on some mental health news just take care of yourself these are crazy unstable times and not even with the election but amid a pandemic as well um, and at the end of the day, keep yourself safe and put yourself first. Take mental health days off work and school. Reach out for help among your friends, peers, and like professionals. Keep yourself safe and put yourself first. If you're attending any of these like rallies or protests or anything like that, um, and stay informed and vigilant about what's going on around you. Uh, some resources for UMass students listening. They'll be under the link in the episode description, but the Center for Counseling and Psychological Help resources for almost all mental health issues, including anxiety, depression, emotional mood swings, relaxation and sleep, general mindfulness. And they have resources for at home or off campus as well. So you don't just have to be on campus to receive help from this. We also have UHS, University Health Services. So they do provide counseling. Um more specifically geared toward nutritional and eating disorder struggles, but they are open to anyone so long as you make an appointment 
and they can also prescribe any medication that you need. So next we have the Center for Women and Community, otherwise known as the CWC. It provides counseling for various things regarding women's health, including general counseling, rape counseling, empowerment groups, and special specialized. <laughs> specialized. <laughs> you wrote specialized. I didn't even think that was a spe- specialized 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 <laughs> service for teens and families. Um. So the Stonewall Center also provides support advocacy and programs specifically for LGBTQ plus members. They provide information and resources for gender inclusive facilities on campus and in the Amherst community. And I know that some of these, you know, aren't geared just towards election or pandemic stress, but you have to think you on top of this pandemic and on top of this election, you have your own struggles. You also would be going through no matter what, if you are a member of the LGBTQ plus community, if you are a woman, if you are a person of color, you have these other struggles that you are or other anxieties that you're facing every day. And that's on that's, that's your foundation. And then now you're getting a pandemic and an election piled on. So don't forget about the things that you had to deal with before any of this happened. Um, don't lose those amid all this other harsher anxiety. Definitely. And then the Psychological Service Center is a full-service mental health clinic open to UMass students, staff, and faculty. They provide adult and child therapy and individual therapy groups, individual therapy, group therapy, and learning disability assessments. That includes ADHD, by the way. Um, (laughs) No, I'm only saying that at me. No, I'm only saying that because there was a big toss-up like two years back about whether or not you could get tested for ADHD at UMass. So as always, we will link um, all the mental health resources. And I also just wanted to point out that we will also be linking all the news sites and articles that we used to get all this information. Um, We obviously didn't verbatim copy these whole entire articles. So we took what we thought was most important, but there's a whole hell of a lot of other information in there. Um, So our four news sites that we used were Washington Post's live election updates, CBS News, NPR. The NPR article is specifically about riots and protests and CNN. Um, So these are all about all these articles are about the election. But while you're there, if you happen to click on it, look around the sites. I mean, all of these sites are pretty. I mean, especially Washington Post and NPR. They are good journalism. You know, these these are the places that you want to be reading these results from from two journalists that have taken how many classes on public spin and news (laughs) literacy and I mean, I feel like every class there's a section about what's good news and bad news. And we're living in a time where people don't know the difference. And so there we is are, bias we are telling there. you, I know we are, we joke and say unbiased opinion. We are very biased towards Joe Biden. But clearly as journalists in general, regardless, there are sites you should not be watching because they are a propaganda trash. That includes Fox News. Like, I promise you. And I also say... I do like CNN, but they can be geared toward the liberal agenda 100%. NPR, Washington Post, CBS. New York uh, Times. New York, New York Times. New York Times. I'm going to put the post at number one, though. For All right. So we're going to provide links to all these yeah, at basically. the bottom of our episode, too, so that you can take a look at yourself. Um, Fact check us. Now, on a lighter note, we'll be moving on to our new favorite section, Cloudiest Couples. Let's have some fun now. We're going to be happier, more positive. That was a lot of heavy topics, a lot of up in the air, indecisiveness. It will be interesting to compare this information to Friday. But you know what lasts forever? TV couples. (laughs) (laughs) 
you can just rewatch. And the good news right. is they're not taking vampires off in the U.S. So, no. oh my god! Shout out or no condolences to UK and Ireland because they are no longer allowed to watch Vampire Diaries on Netflix. And I was like distraught about it. I was, I was gonna very have to switch distraught. to Gossip Girl. I was gonna have to like find out whatever new site it was being put on and pay a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna go first on my cloudiest couples. So. Mine are interesting. So my first one is Troy and Gabriella from High School Musical. Very interesting. Versus Joe and Mitchie from Camp Rock. Okay. Clearly Troy and Gabriella. <laughs> Why would you do them well, dirty like I that? wanted to do Troy and Gabriella, but I Joe and Mitchie are literally the only... Are we going to talk about how Mitchie sucks wait 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 can i change it i actually have a better one today okay do. that was okay. so clearly forget obvious. i said that okay <gasps> trying gabriella from high school musical versus alex russo and mason from wizards of waverly place still Troy and gabriella okay is there anybody that could beat them then i They're don't think so, so individually attractive i know and they dated in real life <laughs> and they dated in real life so like trying gabriella disney no okay fine you go okay now. i'll wait just to throw on this one for you troy and gabriella or ryan and um what's his name Piano girl no 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 ryan and troy's best friend chad chad ryan and chad ryan and chad aren't together I think they should be. But Chad's with um, Taylor. Don't do Taylor dirty like that. Okay, but that's Taylor's her beard. And he's going to understand that soon in college at Juilliard when he's going to realize he was in love with Ryan for the past four years. Or Chad. Sorry. No, I refuse to do my girl Taylor dirty like that. Taylor I like Taylor and Chad. Deserve someone different. Perhaps a lady friend. I don't know. Just maybe someone who plays piano with her. But I just think that... In the end, what about Ryan Disney and Jason? Wasn't progressive no, 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 enough. Ryan and Cran Brulee guy. No, no, he's in love with Sharpay. So he's allowed to be in love with Sharpay, but Chad can't be in love with Taylor. Well, I just don't think that Disney was progressive enough in time to realize that they had the opportunity to create like. So, okay. Oh, you're saying this because of the I don't dance. Yeah, and also baseball like, scene. Okay, I get it now. They're basically an echoing of Zac Efron and Gabrielle, or Troy and Gabrielle, because okay, so. Zac Efron Troy is a basketball dude, like sports star, superstar, right? Gabrielle is this nerd scientist and or whatever. It's the same as Chad Literally and Taylor. The same as Chad and it's like the white no, and black Chad and Ryan. Of, oh, Chad and Ryan, dude. You just said Chad and Taylor. Yeah, because that is an echoing of Chad and Taylor. If you think about High School Musical, Troy and Gabrielle is the same couple as Chad and Taylor. Yeah, but the point is. That. But you can't make that argument because Taylor, it's it's the same way as Taylor, if not more. Taylor's more of a nerd than no, Ryan is. I know, but the point is that they had the chance to... Oh, and they didn't capitalize Yeah, on it. it's the same love story. They just weren't progressive enough to make yeah. it the same sex love story. So I understand what you're saying. Why would we have a Chad and Taylor story if we Ovi have a That's Zac Efron, a, a Troy and Gabrielle story? That's a good point to make. I still really like Chad and Taylor, but They're I They're never see... together. You keep saying Chad and Taylor. It's Ryan and Taylor. No, Chad and Taylor. Taylor McKessie. Oh, Tyler, Ty- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know what you mean. Taylor. I was thinking Piano Girl for a second. Oh, no. Uh, Kelsey. That's Kelsey. Kelsey, yeah. Okay, well, do your couple now. That was such a tangent. I was like, progressive <laughs> love. I get. Um, I hear what you're saying, but that's not what it is, and therefore I have to make my decisions based off of what I've that would That would, to me, to. be the only one that rivaled Troy and Gabrielle. I, don't, I still series. don't know if it could, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I still don't know if it could either. I honestly. mean, you have a couple that gave us, I gotta go my own way and mm. bet on it. T for Troy. T for okay, titties. Okay, so breaking up. 
we're really mature. Okay, bringing up Vampire Diaries again. I know we're upset. Oh okay. God, Klaus and Caroline Frick. versus Elijah and Haley. I'm gonna say we had first off Klaus and Caroline, and I also used Klaus and Caroline as one of mine. But this is against a different couple, so versus okay. Elijah and Haley. Well, can we rearrange these real quick? Because that's you- not a fair fight at all. It's going to be Caroline and Klaus. And I know you knew that when you put those down. But listen, what if we did, hear me out. What if I tweaked yours to make it Camille and Klaus versus Elijah and Haley? Because those are the two couples going on at the same time in the original. Okay, that's fair. I just don't know. And then my Caroline and Klaus one is a bit harder to. Oh, did you put Caroline and Klaus in too? Yes, against okay, we're someone else. Okay, we're clearly obsessed with Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. What do you think of those Okay, two? so I think that Haley and Elijah win against Camille and Klaus. To be honest, I don't know Camille that much, but I don't understand like the like. It's a Caroline factor. knockoff. She just kind of like a little bit older than everyone else and like less I interesting. Know. Yeah. Like I don't like to do her dirty that like she seems like a nice lady, but she's like... I don't know. I know that's it's like ageist or whatever, but like it's like a teen show and she just seems like an adult all of a sudden. It's kind of how like you love Alaric, but every now and then you're like, what, what are, are you, you doing, doing here? here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Legacies, I'm like, mm, they're all 12. So they're really teenagers. Yeah. And he's like, actually, I will say Lizzie from Legacies, I found out is 29. He's like, call me daddy. Oh, professor. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and he's got some sketchy things around him but i don't know about him yeah we don't know about him um so i'm gonna give it to elijah and Haley also because i never found elijah that attractive in the vampire diaries but in the originals when he like is in love with Haley, i don't know why but i am literally like tie me up please like i (laughs) love him in the originals and like the scene we literally just watched this scene when Haley tells him that she has to marry jackson but it doesn't change the way she feels about him and he just like grabs her face and he's like so like s- like serious like, do and it. like and like his like jaws tense and he's like do whatever makes you happy so you can bring your daughter home because that's how much he loves her and then they have like rough sex and i'm just like and the next morning he's like making breakfast and she's like right there and they're like so it's like that i you know I they'll beat Camille and Klaus. I love Klaus when he wants to do good by a woman. If that woman, so long as that woman's Caroline, as long as, long as it's yeah. solely Caroline yeah. and only Caroline. Because I just I don't know. Okay, so wait, do we agree, Haley and Elijah? Yeah. Okay, cool. So mine is Caroline <laughs> and Klaus versus Caroline and Stefan. Caroline and Klaus. <laughs> you think? Yeah. I have to think. My end game was going to be Caroline and Klaus as well. Caroline and Klaus or Troy and Gabriella? Caroline and Klaus. I, okay, cool. I don't think anyone can beat Caroline and no. Klaus. No. So the, the only thing is we've been rewatching Vampire Diaries and we are noticing, we know Stefan and Caroline get married, but we were noticing that spoilers that their love story starts way before I thought it's a it slow did. Burn. It's a slow burn. I love burn. their love story. I do too. Stefan isn't that like passionate, you know? He's a slow burn kind of guy. Yeah. Klaus is like passionate. I hate you. I love you. Like that. Gets Stephen the heart rate like, going. Stefan is just like this slow burn and it's beautiful in its own way. But like for the moment when you're looking at it, you're like Klaus and Caroline. Like, yeah. It's just like that appeals to the but heart But then like when the Tyler... Is he screaming at Caroline when he finds out that she's up with Klaus and Stefan just like clocks him in the face and he's like, she doesn't deserve to be treated like that. That I was like, I forgot you did that. And now I'm realizing like Good guess, that you had like they they set up Caroline and Stefan. 
I respect it because I feel like with Stefan and Elena, it was like I ran into you in the hallway and now we're desperately in love. And it's like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. And like that's why I think people gravitate toward Elena and Damon so much. Because that was they a were slow, slow burn. burn. They were they were the best because they're slow burn. But was they have passionate, the passion yeah. that Klaus and Caroline have. But Stefan and Caroline, it's like a friends to lovers slow burn, and those aren't always exciting. Those aren't exciting, but you know they're the ones that last yeah. more so often right. than these ones. Take us home. All right, so my next one is from a show I know you're not as familiar with. Oh right, um, okay. it's called Shit's Creek. For anyone watching, the final season just aired. It was beautiful. I cried. It was everything I wanted it to be and more. But if you're a fan of the show or you're just familiar with it. You'll recognize these couples right away, obviously. There's really not that many characters. And it is Patrick and David versus Alexis and Ted. Okay, let me look them up. I also... No, never mind. Okay, so Patrick and David. I know who they are. Um, I, Right, I love them. I've watched like three Shits Creek episodes and I love Patrick and David. I don't know if you ever got to see Alexis and Ted. They were super I'm cute gonna, too. I'm going to watch look at alexis and ted ted is she's like, like the, the rich girl right like the la girl but they like are broke yeah. so they're both like they live in a motel and stuff um oh i can see but ted is like the epitome them. of nice guy ted and, and she's, she's like crazy this vain but like also like kind of becomes a good person because of him and i same, love it becomes a good person so i'll give it to alexis and ted see the only reason I give it to Patrick and David is one same. What? You just totally led me to Alexis and Ted. Well, I had to give you both sides. Let me give it you both sides before. Okay, so ready? Patrick and Alexis are siblings, as you know. They both, Patrick's neurotic. Like, yeah. absolutely neurotic, anxiety-driven. He's the one crazy. that wets the bed, right? Yeah, he wets the bed when he Hilarious. is just, like, overexcited about things. It's a childhood trauma of his. And Alexis is his sister she is not neurotic she's just kind of like vain and narcissistic because her entire lifestyle is living this like millionaire thing but like throughout the course of the season she becomes this like subtly much better person and ted is like this midwestern so nice it hurts guy and they fall in love and they have a great love story but they end up breaking up because they each choose their careers every one another and patrick and david end up getting oh, married in the end and i also the reason i go with patrick and david and they both bring out the both david and ted they're significant others really bring out the best in each individual like they calm their neuroticism and they calm their vanity so like they're both perfect for each other just that alexis and ted didn't work out but patrick and david the reason i think i go for them is because Shit's creek was monumental in the lgbtq community because it just depicted like a homosexual relationship in a way that was so normal and unproblematic in the same way that they depict heterosexual relationships and the whole point was to make like like LGBT. did Shit's creek or modern family do it first i think modern family did it first but Shit's creek was like did it in a way where in a better way being gay was barely part of the show it was yeah just cameron and mitchell's huge emphasis is on the fact yeah that gay. and i met, i watched this interview with Patrick, I forget his name, but he he's a co-writer on the show, and he said he just like received this outpouring of letters and support from families and kids that are LGBTQ because they were like, thank you for like making my experience and my sexuality and my love life so normal on screen and like in such a healthy way. And like, it's no one's no one in this small Midwestern town blinks an eye at these two gay men, and I they're I think because of that alone, it's just such an and their relationship in general is just amazing too. But okay, so I'll give it. I'll to, give it to them. Yeah. Okay, so now let's rate them up. So number one, Caroline and Klaus. Wait, did you give her a second one? What was your first one? Oh yeah, Troy and Gabriella. Right. Okay. I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what I think. 
David and Patrick, that's their names, right? Yeah, Patrick okay. and David. Patrick and David. Okay. So I'm going to go Caroline and Klaus. Yeah. Unbeatable. Troy and Gabriella. No, I'm going to go Caroline and Klaus. Patrick and David. Yeah. Haley and Elijah. Troy and Gabriella. I agree. I was going to put Troy and Gabriella up there more, but then I was like, you know what? I think that it would be wrong to put them up there before Patrick and David. I think they're cute cutesy relationship teen relationship. and they're iconic but they're not iconic. in the way that's monumental for society they were cute in high school but this i would love to put patrick and david above caroline and klaus i would it's i Im- can't, can't i can't you them. have to watch vampire diaries i just all their scenes together you'll you understand it oh okay ready okay this is a bonus one since this episode was so bleak i'm doing a bonus one okay david and elena versus caroline and klaus we've done that one no, we haven't. Yeah, we have. I think we did that one of the first episodes. It was Damon, oh, frick. Damon and Elena. Damon and Elena. Yeah, we did that. I had a feeling you were going to do that because you were so excited. And I was like, no, we did Damon and Elena. Gosh darn one. it. Okay. Damon and Elena versus Chuck and Blair. Damon and Elena. Ooh, I would go Chuck and Blair. Damon and Elena. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> How about we let them decide? Yeah, we're going to post the bonus question. Year. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you guys can decide for that one. We're, we are on opposite sides and for that. To everybody who went out and voted and did their part, proud of you. Good job. Check to see if your mail-in ballot was counted. It should be in Massachusetts already. It definitely was because Biden won Massachusetts. So never mind. But um, yeah, we will get through this. And when this episode airs on Friday, we can see how much has changed in just 48 hours. And um, yeah. Very excited overall. Blessed be um, our rights. Blessed be our rights. Let's not turn into handmaiden style. I'm scared of that. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. See you guys next week. Peace out.